Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to Reclaiming Filipinx Identity Season 3, Episode 7. Today on the podcast, I had the pleasure and honor to invite a great friend of mine who I recently met last semester while we were taking a Pacific Island Studies class. But fun fact, I actually met her prior to that class, which was during our NSO. I was her mentor. So that's kind of like really funny how life went. But going with the podcast, let me give you a short, brief introduction to who am I bringing on today's episode. She was born and raised on Oahu, Hawaii, specifically in Eva Beach, in a very Filipino-populated area. Both of her parents, as well as her older sister, were born in the Philippines, while she and her older brother were born here. She is a second-year undergraduate student at UH Manoa, majoring in Asian Studies. But prior to going to Manila, she actually went to UH Hilo for a short time period, majoring in linguistics. She pretty much enjoyed learning about Asian cultures, most especially East Asian. <laughs> but one thing that she would like to continue learning is her Filipino heritage and Filipino roots, especially the language itself. Most be most especially because at a very young age she wasn't able to learn Tagalog from her parents. So, if I said enough, I'm excited to bring you guys to the podcast, Tessa. Hi, and welcome to Reclaiming Filipinx Identity Season 3. Today on the podcast, I have invited someone that i met actually this semester in my undergrad year and she is actually a, a transfer student from UH Hilo and she came to UH Manoa as an Asian studies major and we met through a class called Pacific Island Studies. Interesting class really interesting class but without further ado i welcome you to the podcast Dessa. hi Dessa. hi thank you for having me how have you been especially this quarantine um i've been doing well um pretty boring but at least i'm staying healthy you know wear a mask wash your hands hand sanitizer mm-hmm. all that stuff and with that said, um, who are you and what do you do? So my name is Dessa Gyeong. I was born and raised on Oahu in Hawaii. Uh, I was raised specifically in Eva Beach, and it's a very Filipino-populated area. Um, I'm a second-generation Filipino-American. My parents were both born in the Philippines, as well as my sister, my older sister, but she doesn't come until later. <laughs> uh, I am currently about to enter my um, second year in college at UH Manoa, um, majoring in Asian studies. 
Um, I also went to UH Hilo for like a semester or at least half a semester and majoring in linguistics. Um, and I really enjoy learning about language, uh, usually to make, it's mostly to make up for not being able to learn um, Tagalog in my family because <laughs> I wasn't really raised to speak another language besides English. So, yeah. How was your upbringing like with your family? And are you the only child or do you have siblings? Um, I have siblings. As I said earlier, my older sister was born in the Philippines. I also have an older brother, but he was also born uh, in Hawaii as well. So that makes two of us uh, just second generation, I guess. Um, my upbringing, I did happen to know a little bit of Tagalog when I was younger, like a small amount, but my parents never really talked to me in Tagalog. So I was mostly raised speaking English because I was told that that would be more important than learning something that most people wouldn't really understand, which honestly doesn't really make sense because I went to a school where it was full of Filipino people. Um, but mostly my parents just spoke to my older sister in Tagalog because of course she was in the Philippines and not really for me and my brother. Going based on that, for you, um, you did mention that you know a little bit of your language. Was that on his, um, do you communicate to your family in Tanglish? Not really. It's mostly English now. Majority of what I've learned when I was younger, I kind of forgot because, you know, I've been just speaking so much English. And growing up, do you say that you personally struggled with embracing your cultural identity? Being as a yeah. second generation. Yeah, I, I still kind of do to this day um, because I was born outside of the Philippines. Um, I kind of feel more in touch with my American identity rather than being in touch with my Filipino identity. Um, out of my whole family, I was the only one who never visited the Philippines. Um, so I never really got to connect with my family back in the Philippines. So it's been kind of difficult trying to embrace who I am, you know, especially with being surrounded by so many people. And yeah, it's just kind of hard to adapt now because I'm more older. But, you know, I don't think it's really too late to learn. And I really like to. And going to a school like you, Chilo, like you mentioned, how was that for you? How was that experience for you, actually? I stayed there for a very short time. So um, I never really got to meet a lot of Filipinos. Um, my roommate was white and everyone else was kind of from somewhere else that's not really from Hawaii. Like they were mostly from the mainland, the people I was surrounded with. Because you mentioned um, you came from a school that was predominantly Filipino. Was that your high school? That was my, that was my high school. That was also my elementary and I guess middle school too. Especially my elementary school. 
I guess trying to like dig in more, um, can you actually elaborate on what you meant by I'm more in touch with my American identity in a sense? By that, I mean like because I used to like avoid trying to like say that I was Filipino when I was younger because I didn't really like how I looked. I didn't really like how I acted and I didn't really like the stereotypes that was always being put on Filipinos. Like how we would always be called fobs, even if I'm, even if we're not from the Philippines, or you know how tan I look, you know, just personal things that kind of bother me. I would try to avoid. So, being in t- more in touch with my American side, I try to like fit in more with non-Filipinos in that sense because I just wasn't very comfortable when I was younger. And to this day, do you say that? Um... It really bothered you now. Yeah. But we're um like what you mentioned, like being called fob, like the the natural stereotypical um oh you're you don't want to be too dark to recognize like that stuff like. Mm-hmm. Did you do you did you know did you know why you were feeling all these things? I think it was because. I don't know, it was just insecurities, like, I was on social media at a very young age, and I would always see, like, pretty white people, pretty pale people, and I was like, I want to be like that, because, like, yeah, and then I didn't really like being stereotyped, like, a lot, because I would, I don't really find the jokes that were made when I was younger. I don't really find those fob jokes and stereotypical Filipino jokes very funny. Like, oh, you eat dog? Oh, you, yeah, it's just so problematic. And it's, it just bothers me, even if you are Filipino, like you shouldn't be putting yourself down like that. The reason why I'm asking you all these things is because one of the biggest thing about our Filipino identity is that as a, as a young, person we kind of go through this struggle like I like personally like I think sharing my own experiences like I didn't even want to be identified as a Filipino because of all like what you mentioned the stereotypes the toxicness that we were brought up and Mm -hmm. it's just like oh I feel alone like everyone that I know of they're like they just they kind of like have this wish of being what they they see that um, the need is capturing, like, oh, you have to be this perfect white kind of image. Um, you can't be, like, dark. Like, there's, there's like, when you see the media, like, you don't really see a brown, brown skin or dark skin being called as beautiful. It's more so, like, oh, be, like, this kind of person. And, like, it's just, you want to stay away from that negative side. Yeah, true. But as you kind of like what you mentioned, like as you continue to grow up and realize all these things, you realize that it doesn't matter. Um, like it's, it's okay to be ashamed because that's the thing about trying to grasp with our identity. It's like it's, the, it's through the shameness that helps us kind of want to know more about why we, felt, why we fell into this thing as we are growing up. And it's it's because of history, it's because of how we were colonized and such. Yeah. And going in the same 
kind of know and I know that you mentioned this previously but um, how do you see yourself now with your cultural heritage from before? Well compared to now I am more confident in how I look and you know being Filipino um, I still have a lot to learn especially um, with my family history, uh, I have a lot to learn. I don't really know a lot, but you know, it's like I said earlier, it's, it's not too late to learn. Um, continue to love yourself, you know, it's okay. It's okay. I do see my cultural heritage, at, my cultural heritage as interesting because I do learn a lot of little anecdotes, mostly from my mom's side. Um, so, yeah, I like learning throughout little anecdotes because, you know, it's just, I love learning about my parents' experience as well as, you know, going to an elementary school where it's majority Filipino. They have this program um, called the ELL program. I think it's called English Language Learners. And it mostly focuses on um, Filipino immigrant children who recently arrived and, you know, they try to teach English and try to make them fit in into the environment. And we would also have these classes in elementary school where we would learn about Filipino culture, especially towards non-Filipinos, which we do have in that school, as well as um, second generation and, you know, so on. Uh, I do appreciate these little experiences because I do want to learn more about my culture, even if it means not learning from my parents. Thank you. Thank you for mentioning that. That's kind of like um, a really big part in like trying to see your cultural identity is um, how you were able to kind of like went with it when you were growing up. I think one question, one big question that I wanted to continue asking is what is it that you want to know more about our, our cultural heritage? Well, I would like to learn, because I like to focus more on the linguistic part, I like to learn, I'd like to learn more about the languages because there's a lot, as well as, um, you know, the history, the art. I know basics, they don't really teach you a lot in school, and I think it's important, especially when the area that you live in is Filipino dominated. So you want to learn more. You want to teach your kids more about your history. And I think that's really important. I guess with that saying, um, going back to your major, especially as in Asian studies, um, is there something that you always wanted to do with that major that you want to bring in your own culture as well? Um, mostly with my Asian studies major, I was hoping to become a teacher, um, mostly to teach English. But yeah, I was hoping to travel as well, but mostly to like teach English. I was actually hoping to minor in second language teaching at UH Manoa. So I was hoping to do that whenever, when I grow up, when I get older, when I graduate. And that's really nice to hear because um, as 
as the generation comes on, like there, there is so much about um, the realm of culture, cultural studies aspect that is very important to kind of grasp in a way. Mm-hmm. And even um, with you being um, yourselves and like your siblings, how close are you with your family, especially? Um, if I'm gonna be honest, we're not really that close. Um, there would be times where you know I would bring up something like about family and stuff, and I would learn something from that, but not really. But yeah, we're not really not really that close, to be honest. Yeah. The reason why I asked this is because do you know in the typical in the Filipino household where we don't really talk about ourselves with them like there's some like filipino households where we're kind of like we just keep to ourselves kind of thing yeah that's basically our household and i i I ask this every single time i do an interview because when it comes to our filipino identity family is very hard and really ingrained in our culture is that close-knitness and like in order to no more of ourselves. It's that asking the asking those close to us. Do you say that um, you talk this? You talk about your um, your heritage with your um, siblings or even like relatives? Not really. Like I said, I usually learn a lot of my heritage through school, as well as the internet. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Being in UH Manoa, do you say that you wanna kind of like push, um, challenge yourself to learn about our Philippine culture with the classes that they offer? Of course, like I think it would be such a good. I think it's such a good resource to have your Philippine, mm-hmm. you know, especially if you're not able to travel like right now. So I think I think it would be very beneficial. I'd really like to if I had time in my schedule. <laughs> yeah, you can be like completely honest. Like the our Filipino culture in your eyes, like how do you how do you feel now about it? Like right now, I feel like there should be more representation. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like when there's not a lot of embracing Filipino culture, like in the media. Um, you barely really see any representation. And when you do see them, you rarely do, they rarely do talk about being Filipino. Like, there are a lot of celebrities that I did not know were Filipino, and they don't embrace it until, like, later. But it's kind of sad that they had to kind of hide it just to get by in, like, Hollywood and stuff. Like, I didn't know Vanessa Hudgens was Filipino. (laughs) So yeah, it's pretty rare to see any Filipino representation, and I'd really like to see more of it, because, you know, you just want to share the culture with the world, and I think it's important to do that, especially where we're at now. It's important. And if you could tell your 12-year-old self, 12-year-old Jess or something, about one thing that you learn about now, your 12-year-old self, what, what would be in the aspect of our culture? Um, learn to sit down with your family more. 
<laughs> you know, take in whatever experiences you hear and be comfortable with it rather than just try to avoid it um, and stop trying to be someone you're not. <laughs> be proud of yourself, basically. And just to go off on that, it's just that being able to normalize conversation that you normally wouldn't get out of a out of a, out of your family, because I think it's truly um, having like family that able to understand you instead of um, always trying to say that oh are you talking over me are you disrespecting me but it's just mm -hmm. that being on the same level and like. Even if they say something, allowing you to also have a say without them always being like, are you disrespecting me? But no, I'm just putting in my own opinion and having yeah, a say. I mean, that's kind of how, that was kind of why I was kind of scared to like bring up anything. Like there was this one instance where um, my, my mom is like very sensitive to these kinds of things, especially with um, her upbringing back in the Philippines. Like we, sometimes we'd send some of our old stuff over there to her family and I sent, and my mom sent over like this really busted iPhone and I was like, and the screen was broken and I, it was over there and I asked my mom, oh, did they actually, did they finally fix the iPhone that was sent over? And then she was like, yeah, you think that she was kind of taken aback, like she thought I was offending her and she was like, yeah what, do you think we're too poor for that? And then I was like, oh, I didn't mean it in that way. But yeah, it's kind of like a fine line between our family. Like, you got to be careful what you say. Thank you for um, sharing that. And actually, being on this podcast is a really big step because it's you being able to share your experience growing up as Filipino and understanding that there's so much more to learn and unlearn about who we are and who we are really. And to bring up really important question within the podcast itself, what does it mean for you to reclaim our Filipino identity? You know, like I said earlier, sitting, being comfortable with your family and like having a conversation, being closer to them, and then you get to learn a lot more about your history. It's super important, especially if you're someone like me who never got to visit the Philippines and never got to meet any of your Filipino relatives. It kind of just gives us a, a reminder of who we are and a sense of belonging. You know, it's really interesting what you hear, like with other family member experiences. And I really enjoy hearing about it. <laughs> so yeah, just learning about your family history is really important rather than not being able to know anything. And you know, it just keeps you humble. And as an aspiring educator, as an aspiring English teacher, like you mentioned, um, trying to tie it all together. Like, and one thing that I, uh, I learned yesterday is that it's okay to write about things you don't know because that will drive curiosity for you to go into the unknown. <laughs> and transitioning that, where do you see yourself in the next 10 years and so? Um traveling especially to the philippines because i've never been able to leave the mm -hmm. islands before and like i said i'd like to travel around specifically asia to become an english teacher and i'd really like to meet my family back in the philippines do you know where your your family is from in the philippines 
Um, I know my mom told me that she was from Zambales. That's it. Yeah, that's all I know. I don't know where my dad's side is from. He never really talks about it, but I know where my mom is from. She usually talks more about it. It's a, it's a good, um, hey, Deb, where are you from? <laughs> I know, like. <laughs> We're always in the house now. We have time. <laughs> we have time. <laughs> we have time. Yeah, time until There's no we excuse. Go, yeah, until we grow up and then like now I know where my family's from. But that kind of like saying and I know that you you said it like within the entire podcast itself. If you could give an advice to the next generation, what would you say? You were on a TED talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> be proud of your culture. <laughs> Be proud of your culture and who you are, whether you're full Filipino or you're part Filipino, you're still Filipino. And especially don't fall for any of the stereotypes that you're labeled as, especially in the media, because it's just bringing the whole culture down. It's bringing yourself down and you're just allowing it to be okay to be called like a fob. It's, you're like always, it's like always, oh, you want to be a nurse? Sometimes you want to break out of that. And like, you just want to be comfortable with yourself and remember where you came from no matter if you're barely filipino you know barely filipino you're full filipino you are filipino be comfortable be happy thanks for coming to my ted talk <laughs> yes <laughs> yes yes highlight highlight of the year um like what you mentioned um what it means to be filipino is not what we are brought up with, like what we see in the media but what it means to be Filipino is learning our history learning what our family tells us yeah. yes yeah, because I think nowadays it's time to unlearn what we were brought up like what we were like not brought up but what we were like kind of like taught to be like not mm-hmm. those lines and I guess you remember our uh, Pacific Island studies, like the the loss, the loss of transform transformation of culture. Yeah, yeah. It's just being able to not only assimilate, but it's that pluralistic values of like even though we're put in this bowl, we can we can take something out of it. And with that saying, that's all the time. That all, that's all the questions that I have prepared for you. Do you have any questions? <laughs> <laughs> if you could, would you be able to, like, spread this podcast to the Philippines? Because I think it would be important for, you know, the people from the Philippines to know about what it's like to live in America as a Filipino. So, would you? Possible. I think it's possible with everything like digital now. I feel like it's possible. One one share away from a, a relative. Mm-hmm. Because I think that's really kind of valuable too. Because a lot of Filipinos think like, you know, like the American dream, like you have to go into the U.S. to be successful and such. I feel like that's kind of a hoax because America's not that great. <laughs> there's so yeah, much tough problem. out here yeah there's so much problem out here than where they are now and i feel like 
but everything in, that's happening in the Philippines, the biggest concern there is just poverty and just how do we, how do we in a way kind of help them with the poverty because how it's now, it's, it's hard out there because they have to, the support from the government is not really as kind of receive as well. I'm trying to be careful with my words. Yeah. Because uh, I don't want to say anything bad about the government. Because everything that's been going on. And I think one thing that I would kind of say is that when it comes to... When it comes to spreading our, <laughs> to our Filipino community, it's telling them to... Continue yeah. to keep working hard to where you're at. And you don't have to move to America. You can be successful mm-hmm. where you're at. And same thing with the people that are working abroad. You don't have to continue to keep working. You can tell your family that you're having a hard time. You can tell them that, oh, I, I want to make, I want to make money for us to live, but at the same time, communicate your feelings, be able to like say that you're having a hard time because it's hard, the world is tough, but when we don't communicate our emotions, it's just that you're kind of in a rut and you have to, and that's the thing about our Filipino community, we're all hardworking, but we have to communicate what, what we go through. And going back to you now, what is your favorite Filipino food and dish? And what is your favorite word in Filipino? Phrase. <laughs> um, my favorite food will people count? Because yes, it counts. It's a dessert. <laughs> yeah. Because my mom would always like make puto, like especially on special occasions. Um, didn't make it for my birthday though, but you know, other special occasions. So I like eating puto. I love desserts. I love the desserts. And then my favorite word, I don't know if this counts either, but like when I was younger, I would always enjoy saying the word balikbayan. Like you would see the commercials, balikbayan box. <laughs> I don't know. Do you want to you elaborate why it's your favorite word? <laughs> I don't know. It's just really fun to say, to be honest. Mm-hmm. The definition, I'm like trying to think about what it means again. Because I did search it up earlier and then it just went blank. <laughs> well, it's Lion. Um, searching it, it said it is. I mean, besides the Bolivian box service. <laughs> Why are you searching up as well? Bolivian is full. It's it's for returning home to the Philippines from. Wait, on. It means. It's a pasalubong, or it's a way to give, a way to bring back something from your homeland to here. Mm. According to the dictionary, it says a Filipino visiting or returning to the Philippines after a period of living in another country. And with that, um, seven Filipino words that describe community is balikbayan, which is made of two words, balik. To return and Bayan is our country, and the translation is to return to one's country. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I guess, 
and how like I'm tying everything from what we just talked about is that like what you mentioned you never went back to the Philippines yet and maybe that is your word that represents how you will go on with this journey um, as the Filipino American is that as you are as you learn more about who you are and who and your roots and such when you come home you will truly be a bullet by and well you return to your motherland be with your community and learn more about the things that you are grasping to know that's so deep i love that <laughs> and as a for you like i see you as an aspiring writer and such i felt like there's so much more you can write about especially with things that you don't know you can write about it mm-hmm. and that way you can build on your legacy as a Filipino, as a Filipino American. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's all. That's all the podcast. Um, do you mm-hmm. want to do a little shout out to anyone? Or I'll just say a few messages before we close off. Um, shout out to all my Filipino Americans. I know it's hard out there. But, you know, continue being who you are. Be proud of yourself. Thank you guys for listening to this podcast. It will be aired to Spotify, Anchor, and Apple Podcasts, and more podcast platforms out there that I didn't know that that was had my podcast. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having me on your podcast. Yeah. I hope you flourish. I hope you do well. <laughs> and that's a wrap on season three episode seven on jessa honestly when it comes to uh, talking stories especially with jessa there's so much that you really learn about a person especially if you if you just sat and had like that face-to-face quotation conversation with them especially about your own cultural heritage and you don't really do that often and something that Dessa mentioned and I just wanted to emphasize is in her advice she mentioned how to always be proud of your culture and who you are despite if you're full or part you're still filipino just remind yourself to not fall to the stereotypes that is made of us especially in mass media because that doesn't define who we are and just to give a wrap-up is that when it comes to our Filipino identity. We come so far. And through the stories that I've been hearing from season one to now, I can tell you that this work doesn't always come easy. It has to come with just truly hearing them and being able to truly empathize with how they're feeling and really analyze the aspect to where things are so 
with that said thank you guys for listening to Jess's episode and if you want to support our podcast please please um donate even a small amount like one dollar five dollars ten dollars to um the link that we will be putting on the on the show notes so feel free to do that and that really helps us with providing even greater content for you guys and being able to capture those narrative and those stories and as well as that please 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 subscribe to us on our youtube page where we do our mental health quantuhan sessions and that pertains to inviting three to four filipinos from different places of the world globally to just have a quantuhan session especially with the topics in our community in our diaspora so yeah and if you are interested in being part of those Quantuhan session, email us um, at reclaimingphilippinexidentity at gmail.com. And also, I will be putting the Google Forms that we need. And with that said, follow us on our Instagram to be up to date with us because every Monday we have discussion with different topics that we choose a week-by-week basis and with that said if you want to collaborate us or give us a suggestion and we'll help especially with how can we better our reach to you guys let us know give us review on apple podcast because it really helps with the analytics and everything else so that said thank you guys for listening and keep the kids for the next three last episode. Bye-bye!